What's going on guys? Welcome to the Music in the Millions podcast. It's Pimp Fried Rice and today I'm actually going to be showing you part one of an interview that I did with the 610 Problem. We're talking about different things that artists can do when they're talking with DJs about bridging the gap, how to get their music heard by DJs, and different things that you can do as an artist to make a DJ more likely to play your songs. Uh, one thing I do want to make you aware of is the audio in the video was not as good as I thought it was when we were recording it. So just bear with me. His audio sounded good, but my audio is a little bit crackly. I think my camera wasn't hooked up fully properly. Um, so don't mind that. It's still a great interview. There's lots of gems in there. Be sure to check it out. And we're going to show part two tomorrow, so be sure to check back in then. Here you go, guys. Check it out. All right, what's going on, guys, and welcome into the Music in the Millions podcast, where we give you the resources and tools needed in order to be an independent rapper that doesn't need to wait on a record label. I got the best DJ in the Reading area. Matter of fact, might even be the world. That is the 610 problem, and he's going to be here answering some questions. Go ahead and introduce yourself, bro. What's going on, folks? It's me, the 610 problem. And you can check me out, everything at 610problem610problem.com. I'll make sure to definitely drop the uh, all your profiles. That way they can check you out, follow you. Um, so I got a couple questions for you today, um, and I wanted to come to you from the perspective of artists, really just you know talking with DJs and where we can kind of bridge the gap of information that people may not know being you know an independent artist. Um, so okay. first off, how long have you been DJing yourself? Um, I've been DJing for a minute, man. It's my first love. I want to say since I was in like 12th grade, since I was a senior in high school. So like 18 years almost. Oh, damn. I didn't even know you were that old, bro. For real, for real. Getting there. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Okay. So that, that black hair is about to be gray in a year or two. Okay. Nah, man. We keeping the hairline and we keeping his hair black. We ain't, hey, we ain't man, doing none of that. <laughs> All right, cool. So, yeah, might cool. get a little gray, though. I ain't going to hold you. <laughs> hey, man. That's, that's usually the first thing to go. But it don't always look bad that your salt and pepper look. You know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> no, a seasoned look. That's why they call it salt and pepper. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Um. So let me ask you: Does a DJ nowadays in 2020 still have the same role in hip hop as like when it first started in like the 90s and 2000s? I feel as though they should, but over the years, it's kind of lessened thanks to you know the power of the internet and things like that. But there's still DJs in high places, like you know, radio, radio spins sometimes before music ever gets to get on the actual radio, you can run it through the DJ and he can play it through his mix show to right. see, you know, you see, you know, so you can get a response for that. So high power DJs still have that kind, they still have the power that, you know, that people are looking for. They can get, they can get your music played. So okay. yeah, DJs still got that power anywhere, okay. anywhere. They can get your music played at the club, they can get your music played on the radio. But, you know, thanks to things like easy distribution there's still you could get your music out there you don't really necessarily need a dj but right. it's not a bad thing to have one on your side it's not it'll never hinder your career to have a dj's help okay well then that was actually going to be a later question but i'll jump right into that one so do you think that artists should be worried about having a dj on their team early on or is that something they should you know because of distribution not have to worry about for maybe the beginning stages then later pick someone up or not i think that if for if you want to DJ on your team, that's a that's a great decision for like things like touring and your DJ sets, like your mix sets when you go do shows and stuff like that. And as far as like crowd response to your music, so they can so they can help you establish your playlist. You know what I mean? Right, right. And I feel like when you build with a DJ, even from early on, like you find out you know the way he blends his styles and everything like that, and then he also finds out the way your music is dropping, obviously. So I feel like you guys just get a little bit 
better chemistry. Right. And to top that off, DJs, a lot of DJs are part of like DJ networks and coalitions and groups like that. So mm. you don't always have just the one guy on your team. You got his team too. So I mean, he can make your music accessible to so many more, so many more outlets. True. That'll that be beneficial for you. Awesome. I'm actually going to write that down real quick because that is news to me. I'm forgetting about that. That little extra network plug right there of that DJs know other DJs. And that's also yeah. producers know other producers, rappers know other rappers. So don't ever be afraid to get involved with networks. That was kind of a side piece for the, the uh, people listening. But um, cool. So what are a few things that artists can do to get more plays from a DJ? Like say, you know, what, what's something that an artist can do on their end that's going to make you more susceptible to want to play their song or put it in rotation or whatever? Um, the songs that I generally go for, it depends on the DJ. So you want to find out what kind of music the DJ typically spins. Cause there'd be like some DJs who are focused on like a New York scene style of music. And there'd be some DJs who are focused on West coast scene styles of music. Some DJs are focused on down South scenes. It depends where, where their market's at or the radio or things like that. So you want to get them music that's relevant to what they already spin. Mm -hmm. You don't want to push them out of their element at all. You know what I'm saying? Some right. DJs play it all, so you never have, you know what I'm saying? You can give them whatever. Right. So what would you say is like your specialty? If someone was coming to approach you or something like that, what would they go for? I, I, could, play any, I could play anything. I play anything everywhere. But as I work in like bars and clubs and stuff like that, so if people could dance to it, that's, that's a major plus. Got you. Got you. Um, so then I know, and I, we kind of talked about this very briefly before, but, um, clean versions of songs. So if an artist has a clean version of song, isn't that going to allow them to get more plays from a DJ and stuff like that? Just because you guys can now put that into more opportunities and different things like that. Right. Uh, for sure. That's, that's, you need clean versions for radio. I, I would suggest a clean version of any of your singles that you really, really like. You want to push the singles because even when you put songs on like iTunes, Spotify, stuff like that. Non-explicit music still gets still gets plays. There's non-explicit non playlists. There's playlists and things tailored specifically for kids. You know, some, Damn, so that. that'll get you. It helps you get more spins to have music that you know. There's not so much cussing going on, or you know, just non-explicit at all. Just get your um whoever edits your music to get it blocked out. Right. Get your engineer to get that done for you. Right, and then um. Um, I think, I don't know if I was talking about this with you or it was someone else, but you, uh, they had mentioned that another great thing for artists to give the DJs when they're like sending their songs out would be if they give like an instrumental and then also an acapella if they could. That way like DJs can do more like blends and like different things like that. What's your opinion on that? When we down, a lot of DJs um, are part of record pools. So when you go to a record pool, they have music ready for you to go with the instrumental and acapella just in case the DJ wants to remix it or like, you know, if he has a specific way he wants to blend it in his set, or they have like, uh, this is what I like people to do when they send like a DJ pack. Like a DJ pack will have what is called a DJ intro in it, which will be an either eight to 16 bar loop of the instrumental right before the song cuts in, you know, and then it picks up right at the song. Or sometimes yeah. they even have eight to 16 bar acapella intros, which just be the acapella and it'll pick right up into the, the beat of the song. Okay. So some kits come with, you know, clean, dirty, instrumental, acapella. So you can make that yourself or some come with clean, dirty, intro, outro, clean, dirty too. You okay. know what I mean? 
So now can you actually expand a little bit more on like a DJ pack? Is that something that like artists specifically are sending you or is that something you get from like other DJ coalitions and stuff like that's that? Something that? That's something that you get from a record pool. But uh, a lot of DJs reach out to artists so they know how to make these in the record pools or they reach out to engineers or somebody that you network with or work with that has control of your music should know how to do this for you and send it out to DJs. You got to do it yourself. Right. Okay, so I don't I don't really know if the record pool some record pools are making them themselves. If you send the DJ in charge of that situation, the acapella and mm -hmm. the instrumental and all that, they can you know the DJs can get it done too for other DJs to download. But you know you should really know how to do that yourself too. It's not going to hurt you. Yeah, so that's definitely something that as an independent artist you should be putting together, um, even just for like every single because there every song has the potential to blow up. And someone else. I, I would say do it for do it for every. If you love this song, do that for that song. Even if you don't love it, because someone's gonna love it. You know what I mean? As long if you put it right. out, just like if you're pushing it, if you're pushing it out there, there's nothing wrong with getting that clean version out there, or getting a DJ edit out there, so it can all it can always be ready to go. That, yeah, that's great advice. And then also, it also helps you with sync licensing too, because if you want to put your song into like a movie or a video game, a lot of times if they want to use it for the trailer they may use just the instrumental or they may yeah, use- A lot of times, a lot of times in sync licensing, you, you can get overlooked for not having instrumental up there. Yep, or even just not a clean version because that'll bypass you for like trailers and stuff like that. They try to avoid, you know, the explicit content right. and everything like that. But yeah, no, those are great points. So that was part one of the interview. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Hopefully that was some good information for you. Make sure you check back in tomorrow so you can watch part two of the interview and have a great rest of your day.